welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I want to thank you all for tuning in today. So today we have uh, a big show with a lot of information, so I'm just going to kind of get right to it. We have, I have three great physical therapists on the line, one calling in from San Francisco, from Boston, and from India. So... Uh, let me give a quick bio of each of these uh, great ladies, and then we'll, we'll get to it. So first, I have Lauren Hollander. She is a seasoned physical therapist and clinical instructor at Laguna Honda Rehabilitation Center in San Francisco, California, an international women's health consultant to the nonprofit Women's Action Initiative, and an established leader in global women's health with 10 years' experience in Africa as a clinician, consultant, and educator. We also have joining us today Jessica McKinney. She is a physical therapist, director of women's health and pelvic floor dysfunction, and co-owner at Boston Area Marathon Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. She is the executive director of the humanitarian organization, the Women's Action Initiative, and founder of the Share May Flowers Campaign for Female Pelvic and Perinatal Health Awareness and Promotion. She is an active clinician, speaker, mentor, and advocate on matters of pelvic and maternal health, and a mother herself of three children, ages five, ages eight, five, and two. And lastly, we have Laura Kaiser. She is also a physical therapist with U.S.-based experience in pediatrics, neurological and post-trauma rehabilitation, and background as a ballet and modern dancer, over two years' experience as clinical faculty at Heal Africa Hospital in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and through her current work in the U.S., Africa, and Southeast Asia with the nonprofit organization Women's Action Initiative and Global Strategies, Laura aims to prevent disability among mothers and infants and to promote full community participation and optimal quality of life for both. So, uh, ladies, thank you all for, for calling in. So we'll start. Thank you for having us. Sure, sure. Thank you. So let's start with you all sort of have one thing that's very much in common, as you probably as everyone probably heard from their bios, and that's the Women's Action Initiative. So, Jessica, let's let me start with you. You're the executive director of it. So what is the Women's Action Initiative and how did you get involved? So the Women's Action Initiative is a Boston area nonprofit whose origins were um, in a founder who had had some unfortunate birth experiences herself and had a rough road to her own physical recovery. And she wanted to have an organization that would stand for postpartum physical wellness. And so I encountered her um, just through some mutual contacts in the Boston area and joined the board of the organization. And then at the end of 2011, she um, was just moving through a different phase and said, you know what, I I really love everything that you have been involved in, both domestically and internationally in maternal health, and um, would you be interested in taking the reins of the organization? And as it turned out, this was around a time where uh, Laura and Lauren and I had just continued talking about what were we going to do as our next steps with the, the fistula work that we had done together um, at Heal Africa and had simultaneously, um, just through a hefty measure of serendipity, had um, conceived of the Sherman Flowers movement at the same time. And so the Women's Action Initiative, um, which we just refer to as WAI, mm-hmm has become the parent organization of both of these um, both of these initiatives which are dedicated wholeheartedly to 
um, to maternal health. It's just that we've now expanded our focus so that we can be focused on pelvic and maternal health issues in the U.S., which is very much in line with its original focus and now mm-hmm. abroad as well. And, and Lauren, how did you become involved in, in WAI? Well, um, I had the lucky opportunity to kind of get in touch with Jessica through my work um, working in um, Africa. I was um, instructing with Laura in, uh, at Heal Africa in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. And um, Jessica came to us by after an article was written about um, my work in Africa and wanted to bring to the table her expertise in women's health and helping us work on um, obstetric fistula and mm-hmm. education programs that Laura and I were beginning to do there. So Laura and I became um, acquainted acquainted with Jessica, and since that time, we've worked together, and that would have been since early 2009. So we've been working Mm -hmm. on the project together and stayed in contact, and kind of the rest is currently what WAI is, Chair the Mayflower. Great. And Laura, how about you? I kind of, how did you, first of all, how did you get into not just WAI, but also a clinical faculty at Heal Africa in, in the Congo? Uh, yes, so um, I, it was in 2009 that I traveled there and spent um, almost two years, and Lauren was also with me, um, so we kind of developed the program together. Uh, we were um, originally working with a group called the International Pediatric Outreach Project, mm-hmm. which has now merged with another organization called Global Strategies, um, and we had initially gone to do um, training in orthopedic trauma and rehabilitation, and as we were there, uh, we were encountered a large number of women who were victims of sexual violence and a huge number of women that were experiencing fistula. So I started learning a lot about um, fistula and what could be done to, um, from a physical therapy standpoint. And around the same time, uh, Jessica had been planning a trip. So um, the three of us started working on a project together through lots of email and Skype communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, we developed sort of a um, pilot model for the program, uh, which is which is what we sort of left behind at the hospital there. And, you know, a couple of you have mentioned this word fistula and obstetric fistula. And I think, you know, I, I know I, for one, have heard the word before, but I never really had any idea what it was, what that means. So why, can you kind of share with the audience what exactly is an obstetric fistula and why does it occur? So any one of you can kind of hop in. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I know. We're all tripping. We're thinking any one of us could probably jump right on that. But um, we're we're glad to bring it up that a a fistula is essentially an abnormal hole or opening that is most typically a childbirth injury. It develops in the wall between a woman's vagina and her bladder, Mm -hmm. sometimes between her vagina and her rectum. Um, And it it is most often the case um, in, in experiences of obstructed labor. So when a woman has gone into labor and Mm -hmm. is not progressing um, and essentially the the fetus is stuck um, and impacted on its way out and there is tissue death um, between most typically the the baby's skull and um, a bony point on the mom. Mm, And so the end result of that is um, pretty profound disability. Um, From a physical perspective, she is leaking urine and or feces on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
she often has the added blow of having lost her child in the process. I was just going to ask that question. Does the child survive in cases like that? uh, No, not typically. Yeah. Not typically. Um, And and there is just a a tidal wave of uh, social implications and, you know, kind of psychosocial implications that that happen um, in dealing with that, um, in dealing with a lot of misinformation within the community as to why it occurs in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a real sense of shame and of stigma um, that it's happened in the first place and then the the smell, the odor um, of of dealing with it. So Mm. it's it's a really um, devastating blow because it's not just a physical impact that then you manage, but it's it really sets off an awful cascade of events in a woman's life. Sure. And, and you know, I was actually, that was my next question. And, and uh, you know, just as a comment, I think that would you agree that this is more of a, a disease, if you will, of poverty? And, and if so, and you kind of touched on this, but, you know, there's a lot of consequences beyond the physical, the social and the psychological co- consequences as well. So as a physical therapist, how do you address all of those those consequences? Because I'm sure it goes much beyond physical when you're working with these with this population. To address your first question, Karen, um, it most certainly is um linked with poverty mm-hmm. and social and socioeconomic factors. Most women with fistula um, are in Africa mm-hmm. uh, and some in Asia, um, though I think healthcare has um, developed a little bit more in Asia versus Africa. So uh, it certainly uh, is more, found more there. It was more of a problem of the Western world probably about 100 years ago, but mm-hmm. obviously with the advancement of medical technology and, um, and just prenatal care, um, it's become more or less a non-issue for mm-hmm. um, for most Western women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and how do you from from a physical therapy standpoint? How does how can a physical therapist help with something like this? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Oh. Actually, I um, I would love to hear you guys talk about the the group classes that we had, but. Um, Lauren, I was going to pull up that quote that we had talked about from the World Confederation of Physical Therapy that was just a statement on what is a physical therapist or a physiotherapist, um, and that they are experts in developing and maintaining people's ability to move and function throughout their lives. They have an advanced understanding of how the body moves and what keeps it from moving well. They promote wellness, mobility, and independence and also that they treat and prevent many problems caused by pain, illness, impairments and disease, sport and work, related injuries, aging, and long periods of inactivity. Yeah. And so it's, I think that I lays think like a really good... Found an expression of all of it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I really feel that like lays a really profound groundwork why physical therapists um, have a unique ability to address these challenging health issues as well as um, social issues. Um, similar to how we designed the comprehensive program that we piloted in uh, at Heal Africa and Democratic Republic of Congo, which has many layers to address all of the challenges that these women face leading up to the birth-related injuries that cause the fistula, as well as all of the economical and social challenges they have before and afterwards. So it's mm-hmm. really many-pronged um, pathway to deal with it. So that's one way I think we, in the state, deal with our patients, and we're fortunate to have all that training, but mm-hmm. we have to um, 
address all the lack of resources in the developing world, as we also do sometimes with our clients here in the States that don't have the access to education until they see us or ability to even ask for what they need, which is one of the things that we do with WAI is working local and globally and how that there are some similarities across the board between women here and in Africa, obviously more severe, say, in Africa and mm-hmm. the developing world, but still that um, right to knowing what you're entitled to and also how you can um, improve your health with just a little bit of knowledge and empowerment. Right. So so the role of the physical therapist um, is really to sort of give a good education to, to these, not just the women, but to the communities. Exactly. And do you work a lot with these women sort of before they give birth as well? I, so I'm sure that at some point you're getting these women at, sort of post-birth, post-trauma. But uh, with the approach that you took for Heal Africa, was there a lot of prenatal care as well? Unfortunately, in um, at Heal Africa, most of the women were had already um, lost their children, had already had mm-hmm. a fistula mm-hmm. by the time they made it to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them had 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 recurrent fistula after delivering several children mm-hmm. um, without much care. So we were seeing them um, on the on the kind of post surgical side. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were surgeons who were trained at the, hosp- at, at the hospital we were working at who would do surgical repairs, and then we would see them for um, exercise and education about lifestyle modification, uh, and also um, kind of empowerment, teaching them about their bodies. For many mm-hmm. of the women, it was the first time they had ever seen a picture or a model of what a baby looks like as it's growing inside of them, um, wow. and to explain that this is what a fistula is, and it's not because you're evil or cursed or anything like that, mm. but that if there's, you know, it's, it's this physical trauma that happened to your body. Um, so that was what our work involved uh, while we were there. And what we're hoping to develop is um, more of a preventative model of right. care where women are getting prenatal care. And uh, that's a little bit of what I'm working on in India right now as well. Great. And when when one of these women has surgery for fistula repair, are they, is it fully repaired? Are they sort of back to quote-unquote normal? Or what, what happens after surgery? Um, well, that just depends, unfortunately, on the severity of the, the fistula and uh-huh. the involvement, um, which could be due to the amount of damage and also the prolonged, they've had the fistula. Um, and when they were able to seek care. So some women um, are not able to be completely repaired, um, but regain quite a bit of function and lessen the amount of incontinence and other challenges related to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And through the um, public floor rehabilitation program that we designed, the success rate has improved with that even without complete closure Mm -hmm. um, because you see the role actively of therapy improving your outcomes of your surgical surgical experience. Sure, sure. And, you know, oh, what's that? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add that that one of the things that we were really conscious of doing was thinking about what their life was going to be when they left the hospital Um, because unlike... You know, here in the U.S. where we might think of something as an outpatient procedure or maybe we're in the hospital overnight for a yeah. surgery, um, they are staying on the hospital grounds. But that, you know, once they leave, they are responsible for a number of 
physical labor tasks in those mm. situations. Mm-hmm. And so the the design of the program was very much to equip them with knowledge of how to move and lift and carry um, with adequate strength and proper form so that they could minimize um, any further stress sure. on the area of the repair itself. Which makes perfect sense, and it's definitely a very holistic way to kind of look at, at these women and 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 to really treat the whole person versus just, you know, it, I think it goes beyond pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and on that, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages to talk a little bit more about um, maternal, just overall maternal health in the, in the developing world. So everybody stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Are you confused about which diet is right for you? Are you tired of being tired? How about improving your energy, strength, and appearance? Hi, I'm Rika Keck, a holistic nutrition and wellness consultant. If you have answered yes to any of my questions, contact me now at nyintegratedhealth.com or at 646-285-8588. Initiate change and transform your life. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by uh, three pretty amazing physical therapists, Lauren Hollander, Jessica McKinney, and Laura Kaiser. All three of these women work with uh, WAI, which is the Women's Action Initiative, working with uh, women in developing countries. So... Keeping that in mind, and and also all sort of pelvic uh, PTs, women's health PTs, and you know, as as you know, I've been doing a lot of women's health shows lately, which I think is great because I think it really shows how wide the profession of physical therapy can be and how much we can do for women all over the world. So let's talk about ladies um, when we bring up maternal health in the developing world. What what are we talking about here? Are we talking just 
overall a woman from beginning of pregnancy to giving birth or you know what are we what are we saying so I'll have uh, let's have Laura sort of if you want to kind of start that one off um, well, I think our ultimate goal would be to tackle, you know, the whole scope of women's health. Um, and we've looked at, you know, our, our kind of flagship work has been at Heal Africa in the Congo. Uh, so we, we've sort of, we're trying to work with whatever the most pressing issues are in the particular region that we're at. So in Congo, it's certainly been fistula and then as well as in other parts of Africa. Um, here in India, I'm looking at more just general education about um, uh pre, peri, and postnatal health, um, basic exercises for women that they can do, um, and uh, body mechanics, things like that, mm-hmm. um, trying to get women to come to a hospital to deliver mm-hmm. rather than delivering at home, so mm-hmm. those, those kinds of um, education initiatives. Um, and what is the difference, you know, when you're talking about maternal health, there's sort of maternal mor- mortality and maternal morbidity, so what is the difference and what are we talking about there? That's a great point to bring up because those two are often used in the same sentence, mm-hmm. um, in the very same breath. And so with mortality, we're talking about saving the life of the mother. Um, and there's been a lot of progress worldwide um, in that regard. Um, but what is striking is that maternal morbidity often ends up kind of the tail end of that sentence. And... Um, Interestingly, there's not uh, there's not a definition for it, mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of something that's used as a cluster of things. Um, it can be a series of complications that um, can include obstetric fistula, perineal damage, prolapsed uterus, stress incontinence, infections, um, hemorrhage, hypertensive mm-hmm. disorders, um, anemia, infertility, ectopic pregnancy, and even depression and suicide are included in those. Whoa, so it's basically Um, anything that a woman could go through at any point in time during a pregnancy before and after. Right. It sounds like. And it usually is including different definitions, but up to several months or even the first year postpartum. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the the current estimates show that approximately for every woman that dies, there are at least 20 more women who suffer from these injuries, infections, and disabilities that are related to pregnancy and birth. Mm. Um, And, you know, quite interesting that when we look at the list of those things I just read off, um, they're very often posed in the context of the developing world, Mm -hmm. but they're the same things that we're encountering here in the developed world, where we are incredibly resource-rich and where we think we have it so much better, Um, that we aren't seeing obstetric fistula, but perineal damage and prolapsed uterus and stress incontinence, all of those things are happening, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so now how can... What can physical therapy do to be instrumental with some of these conditions? How can they, I guess, for, let, let's even take a step back. Let's say you're here in the U.S. and, you know, you, you've given birth or you're pregnant, you're about to give birth or you've just given birth. And, and how, because I feel like a lot of doctors don't prescribe physical therapy during. Correct. Or after, so how do you, as the patient, how would you, how do you, as the patient, do you just bring up to your doctor, listen, I need physical therapy because you don't know what you don't know. So, exactly. you know what I mean. So, what can Absolutely. we, as physical therapists, do 
I don't know if it's marketing or what, to kind of get out to women that, hey, listen, if you go to a physical therapist before you give birth, you may be able to avoid A, B, C, and D after. Or after birth, we can really get you on a program to, to allow you to heal a little bit faster. Absolutely. Um, There is so much opportunity and and really exciting because um, when we think about our our work as physical therapists, pretty much all of us went into this because we wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to make a difference and we wanted to help people. It is a very uh, helping, servant-oriented profession, and there is such an amazing opportunity to have a wonderful impact um, on an individual woman's life. And ultimately, if I allow my dreams to carry me away on society, mm-hmm. to be able to empower women to talk to their physicians about this, to find their way to physical therapists or other healthcare providers and you know, fitness professionals, et cetera, that can help them through this process, um, and, and really equipping all of the people that are involved as stakeholders, all of the providers as well, mm-hmm. too. So it's a multi-pronged approach of, of reaching women letting them know, you know, hey, yes, your body is going to change with pregnancy, but let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't mean that you're going to have, you know, X amount of problems forever, and that's the price you have to pay for becoming a mother. There are some things that can happen that lead to more damage, but if that happens, you know, we're here for you as a resource. Um, And simultaneously educating the rest of the birth community, the doulas, midwives, Mm -hmm. obstetricians, that we're here to be a member of that team and that we're here to have a seat at the table um, because that same list of what we do as therapists applies to pregnant women here. Sure. Because it's a natural process, and that's often some of the pushback that I get in speaking to um, colleagues is, well, you know, it's such a natural process and our bodies are made for giving birth. And that may be the case, but it's also pretty monumentally physical uh, as an undertaking and creates changes in our posture and you know, length and demand on our muscles, and I just believe it really owes women to to educate them and give them a hand in the process, so that we can minimize some of the short and long term burden that's been historically associated with pregnancy and childbirth. Yeah, no, I agree. And and Lauren, I actually have I have a question for you. Um, when you are sort of working. Uh, when you had you had ten years experience in Africa and things like that, you know, last or two weeks ago, I had on a women's health physical therapist, uh, Leela Abadi, and she was saying, you know, a great thing that every pregnant woman could woman could do, even if they feel fine during their pregnancy, is go to see a physical therapist, and they can actually attach, you know, the electrodes to uh, pelvic area to find out what is the best position where your pelvic floor muscles are relaxed. So what would be the best position for you to give birth in? Now, in, in Africa, do you have access to that kind of technology? And if not, is there a way that the therapist can sort of physically tell which position would be the best position to give birth in? Right, and that's a, that's a great question because um, through my experience in um, the developing world, I have seen the practices change um, and that unfortunately they don't have a lot of access to say using electrical stim or the biofeedback mm-hmm. in that way with technology, but there is some work that is done in Ethiopia with that in a limited success just because 
the learning curve with that, and women have a hard time relating to that, mm-hmm. but more using the manual exam and using that as a way of giving feedback also for exercise mm-hmm. um, is quite helpful. And then also using it as just basic education of, you know, this is decreasing your symptoms or you have a position of comfort, mm-hmm. and you can use it that way using manual and exercise and tactile touch on the outside to help come up with a birthing plan right. that way. Be- so that's something that actually um, traditional birthing assistants um, have experience in the different countries doing, but sometimes their knowledge is not coming from it so much evidence-based or sound just by traditional practice. So right. As physical therapists, we've been able to, and Laura and I and Jessica, when she was at Heal with us, were able to actually help that in observing births and coming up with ways that would be easier for the woman to come into proper position while they're giving birth and educating that part of the maternal staff. And would, I'm sorry, would being in in a better position perhaps prevent an obstetric fistula? It, It can in the sense of more with the contraction phase and giving them different ways of not having the excessive pushing, which oh, is one okay. of the, the challenges, the prolonged labor. Um, yeah. A lot of it, unfortunately, comes from it's hard for them to get to, say, birthing centers or even in time. Because yeah. a lot of women um, may birth alone or with a family member obviously having experience, but sometimes they will hide themselves away because if they were, say, a product of a relationship out of marriage, uh-huh. they don't want others to know that they are delivering. So right. they sometimes ostracize themselves self in a self-way yeah. and don't seek the care, which is one of the challenges sure. we deal with with not getting prenatal care. Yeah, I mean, the social ramifications, you know, that kind of we touched on before in, I think, developing countries are so huge. Mm-hmm. Um And we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk about a little bit about if you guys are able to break through some of those stigmas in in developing nations for those women to help them, you know, have a, a, a healthier life. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Everybody stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. At 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And it's limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm glad you all are still with us today. We're talking about uh, women's health, mainly in developing nations, and how physical therapists are so instrumental uh, in the lives of these women. And I'm here with Lauren Hollander, Jessica McKinney, and Laura Kaiser. All physical therapists have all worked with the Women's Action Initiative and are all women's health and pelvic floor PTs. So... Uh, let's kind of get back to where we were last segment. We were sort of talking about kind of the social and psychological ramifications uh, in these developing countries. I know, Lauren, you were saying some women, if they have a baby out of wedlock, will voluntarily sort of put themselves into seclusion. Um, So, you know, it reminded me of a couple of months ago, I interviewed a physical therapist, Adrian Lowe, and he does a lot of work with sort of neuroscience and pain education. And he said one of the questions that he gets asked a lot is, are physical therapists becoming psychiatrists or psychologists? And is that overstepping our boundary? And his answer was, you know, if you if you come in to see me and you can't move because your back is hypomobile, I'm going to mobilize it. If you come in and you can't move because you're so petrified to do so, then I'm going to try and help you de-threaten your situation in order to help you move because we are movement experts. So in the developing world, is there, do you see a crossover, that type of crossover in the developing world? And, and if so, how do, how do you guys as physical therapists deal with that? Yeah, I mean that's a great. Oh, that's a great point. Um, I think uh, I think we certainly have a role. Um, you know, not I don't not that we're stepping our, over the, our boundaries into the realm of psychology, but it is certainly um, something that we deal with. And dealing with a trauma victim, a rape victim, mm-hmm. um, there's a certain amount of psychology that goes into your work as a you know in terms of rehabilitating them physically. Um, so I think just even educating women about what's going on, um, there's evidence that just educating uh, patients about their pain um, helps to decrease the amount of pain that they're in. Absolutely. Just that alone. So, um, so certainly those kinds of things um, are, you know, are helpful. And, and did yeah, along those lines, the, yeah. one of the key components of, of the program that was in, implemented was a chance for women to get together in groups. Um, and share about their experiences mm-hmm. and be in movement together and be getting educated together. And there's that sense of you're impacting where they are socially by virtue of just giving them more information to mm-hmm. understand what's going on in my body, what's being done now to help it get better, and what am I going to do to preserve what is getting better so that I can go on and live my life and that there is a real empowerment that comes in that process. Yeah, and and I think, you know, 
over the weekend, I was I had to do uh, some media training for the APTA, and there was a physical therapist there that works with families, works with children, works with mothers, and. The question was asked of her is, you know, are you a, a physical coach? Are you a life coach? Are you a family coach? Like how does, and she said that she really can't see being one without the other. And would you guys agree with the work that you've done? You sort of can't separate that physical from life from family. Right. Yeah. I mean, they Absolutely. all go together so intimately, as we all know, just for the mm-hmm. success. Of yeah. And. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I think we've been talking about here is really uh, the Fistula and Obstetric Rehabilitation Initiative, or FORI. Um, and so let's talk about, so, you know, you've talked about that you have set up this program and things like that. What are the out- what outcomes are you seeing and what if- how effective has it been thus far? It's been highly effective. Uh, unfortunately, we um, we have only data from the first couple of months uh-huh. of the program, but we did set up a database, which um, we've just pulled. We've just started pulling the data, so it, um, we don't have a lot of stats from that. But for, within the first three months, we were seeing um, an 84% uh, rate of, of uh, retaining continence after um, a, an average of 14 physical therapy sessions. That's huge. Um, which is huge. Yeah, that's huge. Right. right. And and what about uh, feedback from um, physicians? Do, I, are you also working with doctors there as well? Right, yeah. Um, I think all of the physicians that um, we encountered, and then when Laura and I were there for our long-term project for over two years, they were always welcoming of the knowledge and sharing and also sharing knowledge back and forth of their experiences and what they've seen in the field as Mm -hmm. well as in the operating room and after. Um, It was a collaborative effort, and they were welcome to the idea of having the role of rehab and um, including it in the comprehensive program and helping to foster that as a group. Um, And both Laura and I have since made separate trips back, um, myself last year and Laura the year before, Mm -hmm. and I can speak for myself, and I know Laura has many stories as well, but they were all happy to see us come back and check in and had stories to tell us and add to um, our training and update it. So I know that it was very well received. And do you guys have any sort of success stories that, you know, that you want to share? Because I think that's, you know, people love to hear, you know, a great success story. So do any of you have maybe a specific patient, obviously without mentioning names, but a specific patient that you worked with that, you know, really left you very satisfied? And I'll have, like, if each of you have one that you want to kind of, that jumps out at you. So, Jessica, why don't you go ahead? Well, I actually, one thing that stands out to me so much um, is is tying together my work as a public health and obstetric PT here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the work with this project that Laura and I were um, consulting with someone on a book chapter about obstetric fistula. And... Um, we were having this discussion um, with someone involved in the project who was was kind of commending us for this work that we'd spread abroad, and it's so great for you to go and, and really stand up for, for those women. And, you know, it kind of hit me that I was like, well, I need to kind of interject that I don't see much of a difference except for a continent between, you know, the work that I'm doing here on behalf mm-hmm. of women and advocating for their pelvic health 
and the work that we would be doing there and advocating for pelvic health. Um, and that it's, you know, in a different setting, but that, you know, they, they have that right and the women here have mm-hmm. that right. And that was one moment that just really stood out to me so much because we were really heavily invested in stories about obstetric fistula and about what does that look like. And I had just encountered a woman in my practice the week before who was really upset having had five children, symptomatic um, with urinary incontinence and prolapse, mm. told her doctor that she was having issues. And he's like, well, yeah, you and 53 million other women. <gasps> You know, you had babies. What do you expect? So it's like I have her story, you know, burning in my head as, you know, we're thinking about this. And I was like, no, it's it's working on behalf of women and moms everywhere. Yeah. Um, So I know that's not exactly the type of story that you you were thinking about. That's great. But it's one that that sticks out so much for me in this work is that um, it's this continuum of maternal health that, looks a little bit different um, in one culture to another, but um, really needs to be ratcheted up in all of those cultures. Sure. And Lauren, how about you? Yeah, I, uh, there's so many that I think we all have, but one that is kind of an experience that I had when I was at Heal for their long project and then coming back was um, arriving back on the hospital grounds and working with our physio team and all the practitioners and walking through an area where women are waiting after they've had their recovery to kind of go back home and the women clapping their hands and beginning to dance and knowing that the other you know therapists were here and were working on the program and they start clapping their hands and saying the word in Swahili for kind of squeeze which is the term that Laura and I would use with some basic training with the Mm -hmm. women start to have the ability to use their muscles after delivery and after fistula care and they were saying that and they would remember that and that was something huge because the women were banding together and they knew that it was the success of taking care of their bodies and ownership and how they spread that along with other women it's something that has stayed with me forever and I use that story a lot to explain the impact Mm -hmm. of the comprehensive program so that's something I can close my eyes and see and in here. Yeah, that's, that's again, another amazing story. And how about you, Laura? It's funny. I was actually thinking about that story uh, that Lauren just told. Uh-huh. Um, but I, um, I mean, not so much um, individual stories, but just seeing the look on women's faces from the day that they arrive at the hospital, um, not having a clue where they're going and what's, you know, what has happened to them. And, um, and then watching the transformation, they usually stay at the hospital anywhere from four to six weeks mm-hmm. um, because they're often coming from remote villages. Mm-hmm. And just watching this transformation from this um, kind of uh, just traumatized victim to um, get going through a surgery, going through the rehabilitation process, and also taking part in like social and economic empowerment initiatives. And then they sort of graduate on the other side, mm-hmm. and um, and you can just tell by the look in their eyes or the look on their face that they, you know, they maybe have a new skill and they may go back to their village or or they may not. They mm-hmm. may, um, you know, join a women's group and um, and start a new life. But either way, they're um, you know in a much better place than when they came. Sure, and but I have to tell you that is three amazingly inspiring um, stories and and such a great way, such a great thing you guys are doing, not only to, for 
pelvic health and for physical therapy, but to really empower these these women and to give them a sense of self and self-worth is, is immeasurable. So I commend you for that. And um, on that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and kind of wrap things up. So everybody stay tuned. Thank you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by Lauren Hollander, Jessica McKinney, and Laura Kaiser, three physical therapists that are doing big, big things in uh, the developing world with helping to empower women and treat women and educate women on uh, pelvic health and maternal health. And now, ladies, before we... Uh, this is our last segment, so I don't want to kind of be all rushed at the end. So uh, I'm going to ask all of you, if people have more questions or want to ask you questions specifically, um, how can they do that and where can they find you? So, Lauren, I'll have you go first. Where can people find you? Um, well, they can find me through the WAI um, site, which I think you have, which is Women's Action dot org okay. um, for the general one that we can all answer questions. But my personal email um, is Lauren as my name, Lauren Hollander um, at Gmail. But I'm also on um, Twitter and Facebook and gladly can answer any questions. Sure. And that's Lauren, L-O-R-A-N. Yes, Not L-A-U-R-E-N. It's a tricky, it's a tricky Lauren spelling. It so is. it's, it's yeah. L-O-R-A-N for those looking, yeah. and Hollander, H-O-L-L-A-N-D-E-R. Um, and yeah. Jessica, how about you? So um, 
definitely through the womensaction.org site. Any contact us inquiries will get um, directed to us, and we will share in that. Um, I also can be reached via email at jessica at sharemayflowers.org. That's sharemayflowers.org, which is uh, the other campaign that WAI is parenting. Um, and then, you know, through the clinical practice at Marathon, um, that's marathonphysicaltherapy.com. I similarly am um, active on, on Twitter. Um, all of the uh, both clinical and humanitarian sites mm-hmm. uh, have Facebook pages um, where we're interacting um, as well. So on Twitter, I'm at PT. And, um, and what's the even to provide this if you could post it somewhere? Great. And Laura, how about you? Uh, likewise, you can contact me through the WAI site. Um, but my personal email is Laura E. Kaiser at gmail.com. And um, you can also find me on Facebook or Twitter. Oh, Twitter. And, you know, for all of people listening, I will sort of post this. It's been all, obviously all over my Twitter page, and it'll be on my uh, Facebook fan page on Facebook under Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So before we wrap things up, ladies, if you can kind of uh, leave the listeners with, you know, what you feel are maybe your one or two most important points about what we were talking about today. So, go, uh, Laura, I'll start with you. Um, I think one thing that we often talk about is um, kind of bridging the gap from the U.S. to the global world, um, which global has really become synonymous with the developing world. Mm -hmm. And we often think of those women as the women over there that, you know, we don't have those same problems. But um, really just uh, educating people that we're we're on the same spectrum. We might have slightly different problems. problems or causes of those problems, but we're all kind of in this together and um, and kind of just raising awareness around the world about um, women pelvic, women's pelvic health and um, physical therapy, what physical therapy can, um, can provide for, for women through all stages of pregnancy and life. Great. And Jessica? That's a tough act to follow. I, <laughs> I mean, obviously, we are of the same mind on these issues, which is sure. why we work so well together. Um, but I just I can't say it enough that um, this aspect of healthcare has been marginalized and it's really marginalized across societies and across cultures, and and just this sense that maternal health really matters um, and that maternal health is really a comprehensive phenomenon that affects our physical health and emotional and psychological, but that is. It's tied to the health of families. It's tied to the health of communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to education of girls. So you have this amazing web that is woven um, and that we're just this, this part of it, but with threads going in these different directions of, you know, we've got to educate girls and we've got to keep them in school. And it's all connected um, through this sense of girls and women matter, their health matters, and mm-hmm. we stand up for them. We stand for them here, and we stand for them in Africa and India, and on and on. Yep. And how about you, Lauren? Well, just to echo all the points of Laura and Jessica, because that's what we all believe in and has brought us together, um, I would just say as general as women, and then especially as therapists and anyone working in our profession and in healthcare, to not be afraid to be that advocate and go that extra step and mm-hmm. share the knowledge. And um, really, we are like the sisterhood that Laura alluded to and Jessica. You know, the issues may be slightly different, but the themes are pretty much kind mm-hmm. of the same. And 
being our advocate and what we can do as a common voice together in a community, and we can really see some change because I've been fortunate to see the change over, you know, greater almost 15 years of doing this work mm-hmm. in the developing world that it is we have made significant improvements and that here in the Western and our local and global collaborations, we can really see how they'll both work together in combating the change and getting more of the empowerment for all women and better health. Yeah, and if I can kind of make a point that I'm getting from all of you ladies and and from what I've gotten from previous guests who do a lot of women's health is that, um, you know, when if you have a problem during pregnancy, after pregnancy, because, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago I had some women on, they said, once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum. Exactly, um, exactly. But I think the thing, and, and it, it echoes back to the story about the doctor who said, well, so, so do 53 million other women, that mm-hmm. when you have problems post, especially postnatally, it's not mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, these things are not normal. And like you guys said, you want to give that education and that empowerment to women here because there are plenty of women in the, in the United States with all of the resources we have who are, are embarrassed, who think, or who have a doctor who says that to them or... Exactly. Or who thinks, well, I, okay, yeah, I gave birth. This is normal. Like, this stuff is not normal. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. you know, it, this is not yeah. normal physical behavior and, and not right. normal health. And, you know, I think as physical therapists, a lot of times, unfortunately, even here in the, probably more so here in the U.S. and in the developing world, we're like the last people they go to see. Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, where yeah. where in reality, a physical therapist, you know, were uniquely qualified to treat these women, especially you guys who have so in so much time invested into women's health and pelvic uh, physical therapy, that we should be the go to experts for this, not the last resort expert. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. And, and that's right. sort of a common theme that I'm hearing over and over again, and at least here in the U.S. And I don't know, maybe in the developing world, it's PTs are maybe the first people that they go to see. I, I don't know. Would you agree with that? You know, it, certainly it, not. No, <laughs> no. There's not enough PTs um, in the develop. There's not enough PTs in the U.S., and there's certainly not yeah. enough PTs in the developing world. Uh, we, though we have often discussed after we developed the program at Heal Africa that perhaps some of those women were getting better mm-hmm. uh, peri and postnatal care than some of the women that we've seen in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. because of the system <laughs> that was developed. But um, but it's certainly not. Um, it's certainly something that needs. Uh, education needs more work yes it needs more work so hopefully with the work that you guys do and getting the word out there the way that you do and so eloquently hopefully that you know maybe a couple years from now that will change and and that is my hope and and I think on that I want to thank you Lauren Um, thank you Jessica and thank you Laura for all taking the time out today and calling in from all over the world so thank you guys so much you're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank All right. you. It's great. Great. You're welcome. And and next week, um, uh, tune in next week at 1 o'clock. It's going to be my 100th show. Um, yeah, 100 shows, <laughs> healthy, wealthy, and smart. So, um, everybody, thank you for tuning in, and have a great week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Ding, 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 ding,
Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We, we are, are Certified, certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. TalkingAlternative.com 